You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We've got Matt Williamson's power rankings after four weeks heading into week five here. We haven't checked in with your power rankings, Matt, since what, September? Very beginning of September preseason. At Williamson NFL on Twitter for those fans who are inevitably going to be mad at him. And at <laughs> BD Peacock on Twitter. Just remember, these aren't my power rankings. These are Matt's power rankings. Uh, but I will interject my thoughts in these power rankings. Matt, before we so get you to did this, one recently, though. Didn't you do one this week? Well, I've been voting on the power rankings for the Locked On Podcast Network that continue to okay. get released. So, unfortunately, uh, I, I do it on this um, this spreadsheet thing that they email out, and I don't have a good enough memory to know exactly how I ranked everybody, but it goes into the big rankings, and we can reference the uh, the Locked On Podcast Network final power rankings in this, too, and, and compare some of those things, but that's based on all the all the hosts, or all the hosts that ended up voting. That's exactly what I did, too, and then I was like, how do I save this so that I can use it? So then I went in and typed it in one of my Excel spreadsheets just to have it since I did it. So, you know, and there it is. We have a show and we'll go from there and everyone can tell me how I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And this was supposed to be 32 through one taking the entire podcast. Uh, but that's not going to happen today because there's these weird. Like, is there some deadline I don't know about? Why on a Wednesday in early October are these star big name players being released from teams, Matt? We've got a few of them. Well, yeah. the Texans released a couple players, too. They aren't star players, but they've released uh, wide receiver Anthony Miller who they just traded a fifth-round pick, and he's had two games so far for the Texans. He's been released and already um, was given up on by the Chicago Bears, a once, you know, very talented and and um, a player that a lot of people expected a lot out of in Chicago, then traded to the Texans. Now they have released him. They released Kiki Kute, another wide receiver as well from the Texans. Um, but then the bigger names are Jalen Smith from the Cowboys, who we talked about preseason, Matt, and I'm not surprised. A lot of people are shocked by that one. That one doesn't surprise me at all. He did not look like he was moving around well, and he's got a big contract. They're not going to save any money this year, but they wanted to get out in front of an injury guarantee there. And so that one makes sense to me because they don't want him to get hurt, then owe him more money on his big contract. So, And apparently they had some conversations, and he didn't want to get rid of his injury guarantee, so they had to go ahead and release him while he's healthy. Real quick on Houston, they are in no position to be – mortgaging draft picks or throwing away draft picks. And that's exactly what they did with Anthony Miller within the course of a month or whatever, as you mentioned, you know, so they're just boom, there goes a fifth round pick that could have been a starter for them where they're at. So uh, they're not organization needless to say. Um, I think the writing was on the wall for Smith and to a lesser degree to Vander Esch in that you drafted Parsons. You also drafted Jabril Cox. If you remember when they signed Keanu Neal, who's always been considered a in the box strong safety type, they called him a linebacker when they when they signed him. I mean, that's way back when when free agency opened. So they've had a an influx of second level defenders. And frankly, I just think, and this is going to be true for the next one that we'll bring up here in a minute, too. When this kind of thing happens, I think people just say, I want to regain some cap space. We can always roll it over to next year. People forget that you can roll over cap space. So what you created by not paying these players weeks five, six, all the way up to 19, 17, you can roll over to next year or use it this year or whatever. And it really just tells you that the other 31 teams 
didn't think this player was worth the contract enough to even give you a seventh-round pick for the guy. Yes, exactly. So nobody was going to yeah. trade for Jalen Smith with his contract, and that's the key there. So they just have to release him, and, and, and that was their only course of action. Now, when it comes to— I still wonder if he could pass a physical, you know. Uh, for a new team, you it know? seems I mean, I, like it players. Bad injury. It seems like players can pass physicals pretty darn easy. Because we really like them. Yeah, and, and that's actually going to be a question with Stephon Gilmore, who's on the pup list right now. So he's not eligible to come off the pup list until after six weeks, and we're getting close to that. So maybe that's sort of the deadline here with the Stephon Gilmore stuff. But for the Patriots, this is a player who should be able to be traded. So a stunner from. Adam Schefter this morning. Patriots are releasing four-time Pro Bowl cornerback Stephon Gilmore, who is eligible to come off the physically unable to perform list after week six, a source tells ESPN. This one doesn't pass the smell test. He's too valuable. Uh, there was some rumors maybe that they could shop him in the offseason, but here's some clarification from Albert Breer that just came down that makes this make a lot more sense to me. The Patriots shopped cornerback Stephon Gilmore to a small group of teams they trust on Monday, per sources. They tried to be quiet on it, asking price and Gilmore's desire for a new deal, uh, that equaled no deal with the teams they talked to. By getting the release out there early today, the Pats are trying to smoke out other offers. So, the Patriots are going to release. They have not uh, yet released this old trick. Stephon this Gilmore. The there, there's value here. I would be shocked if he's not traded rather than released. Okay. That does make more sense. I didn't see the Breer thing. I just figured they went to, that they... Had come to an impasse, and they weren't going to pay him. I think maybe the, the writing's on the wall that the Patriots aren't a contender, and you know, but that that's the Rodney Hudson move. Remember, why did the Raiders cut Rodney Hudson? Yeah. And then the next day, it's like Cardinals gave up a third round pick for Rodney Hudson. Right? Okay. <laughs> exactly. I mean, maybe that's going to be common. I mean, I guess it's a good strategy. Third round pick seems about right here in this situation, and so if you're trying to like sleuth out this situation, okay. Who are the trusted teams the Patriots are contacting? That part was weird. And who are the teams that they want to come with a bigger offer? So I'm thinking the 49ers have dealt with them, have some injuries there. The Seahawks yep. need corners. The Packers, uh, Jair Alexander, uh, has a, it got a little bit nicked up here as well. Um, I don't think it's serious, but I haven't seen anything recent on Jair Alexander. Let me see if I can find that really quick here. Um, and see where he's at. But the Packers... It has been rumored, I guess, Devontae Adams is lobbying for Gilmore to go to Green Bay, too. Yeah, so, so I would I would think those are the types of teams that Bill Belichick would rather trade Stephon Gilmore to. Now, if he's going to have a bidding war, put this out there, Tom Brady's Bucks, who they just played, even though they're in the NFC like those other teams, maybe he'd rather not send him there and help Tom win another ring without him, right? So maybe that's a team. Uh, Kansas City, Baltimore, maybe those teams he's less likely to want to help out in the AFC. So if I had to guess, I would say he probably called and talked to maybe the Niners, the Packers, the Seahawks, teams like that. Couldn't make it work. They couldn't fit him under the salary cap, whatever it is. And now he puts this smokescreen out, or he puts this... Uh, um, this flies this flag out there so other teams like the Bucks and the Chiefs have a bidding war for Stephon Gilmore. That's yeah. my thoughts on this. It's a pretty good strategy and probably should have got thought of long ago. Um, I'm sitting here looking at my power ranks thinking, who else could use them? Chicago and Atlanta, but they're really low on the power ranks and aren't really going anywhere this year. And I, I would it's, think there's another wrinkle that Stephon Gilmore would have to want to go there too, which makes it more difficult. Right, right. I guess that does narrow the playing field. The Jets aren't going to do it within division. 
you definitely mentioned some good names there, and I agree that you know Baltimore, Kansas City. I don't know that you know Belichick could be thrilled to send him there, but I have a new favorite here. How about Arizona? Yeah, there's another one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could absolutely see those NFC West teams being interested. Uh, Arizona, that's a team we talked about. We weren't sure about their corners coming into the year, and they've played well so far. Uh, so right, right, but Fair yeah. Uh, any of those competitive teams, and maybe it's some like a restructured one-year deal where Gilmore still becomes a free agent after the year, something like that. Uh, I could see any of those contenders being interested. Yeah. So our prediction is that when we record Thursday at noon, Gilmore will have a new team. I would guess that Gilmore would want to go to the Bucks or the Chiefs the most. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Packers. If those are the teams you would want least if you're Belichick for him to go to. So that's where the draft pick compensation comes in. Yeah. yeah so interesting. I mean, again, it's a good strategy. Why not just say, Oh, we're going to release them and then see what kind of flies you draw with that honey. And maybe the, the Cowboys tried to do that a little bit too. Like, hey, I was we're, thinking that we're too, probably yeah. not going to get anything, but let's try this first before we release them. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Because it was a, it was a, a it was like, he's going to be released, but tomorrow afternoon. Right. So he still hasn't officially been released. I guess that's true. I thought the Cowboys was a name I almost mentioned with Arizona that might want Gilmore. Oh, actually, there you go. Put him opposite Diggs. You know, it's not so bad. Could absolutely use him there. And they're they're a contender, and that would be a huge boost for that defense. Yeah. The defense has played better than I thought. Well, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And the cap space is a big one, too, because I think Gilmore, if he he did a new deal, I saw it reported he wants at least $15 million, and he's already making something like that anyway. He's making a lot of money. So I don't know how many of these contenders have cap space to add a player like that midseason. Yeah, and the new deal might make that easier. Is yes. Got a huge bonus, and we can prorate it over three years or four years or whatever. Yeah, and then he but has I mean, an he was, opt-out, so he can still get out of it, but you're still prorating. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a hard guy to value, though. I mean, he was good, not great last year. He was a defensive MVP two years ago, but he's old and he hasn't played all year. You know, like, what exactly are you buying? It's a great point. Let's find. We'll find out. Uh, I have a feeling he will be traded and not released, though. That is my guess right now. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Okay, let's get into Matt Williamson's power rankings. Uh, I'm going to try to maybe sneak in some of the question, listener questions we have here. That little segment there on, on this breaking news we didn't expect to cover today is going to take some of the, the questions away from you folks and some time. So we're going to have to run through this power rankings from Matt Williamson heading into the NFL 2021 Week 5 next. There's a good chance if you're listening to this podcast, you are somebody who drives in their car and gets gas. And if that is you, then you got to check out the Get Upside app. Listeners are making up to 25 cents on every gallon of gas every time they fill up after downloading the Get Upside app. Just download the free app, promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. It's super easy. Use the app, it tells you which gas stations nearby are partners. Fill her up, cash back on those gallons of gas. It's super simple and a win win for everybody. Just use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. You cash out anytime you want, bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. 
Here we go, week five power rankings, courtesy of Matt Williamson. We're going to go 32 to 1 here, Matt, and it starts with the team that was your 32nd ranked team in the preseason, and that hasn't changed. I don't know if they kind of went up or down a little bit with that week one win, but the Houston Texans coming in at 32. Yeah, it, it wasn't a slam dunk of who's last, but but Davis Mills is our quarterback, and just getting smoked by Buffalo, I didn't have a whole lot of hesitation here. The Tyrod Taylor week one Texans we saw, I could see them being 31, maybe even 30. But Right, right. Yeah, well, after what we've seen more recently right with what they are right now. And this is a snapshot, right? I think we should preface this. Is this a snapshot? Is this a prediction going forward? No, this is where they're at right now. Uh, we haven't done power ranks in a while. Longtime listeners know that I do my power ranks of how good is this team right now. If, if these Houston teams lined up in number- week five. Yep, if Houston plays the number 31 team 111 times in Wichita, Kansas, I think the 31st team wins more than they lose. And that 31st team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Um, How much does this Urban Meyer thing make you just want to put them last because it's just a disaster? That's coupled with, if they lose this week, which I haven't really looked at the schedule in depth and I'm sure they're a dog, that's 20 straight losses. (laughs) You know, I mean... That's hard to do in this league, and it's only been done one other time. They're not 32 because they played the Bengals pretty well on Thursday night, and I think Trevor Lawrence is good. And it's the sum of the parts just could be worse because of what's going on. And the owner's coming out with a statement oh, yeah. already, and there's talk about how the locker room is already lost. And there's people like, just what is this? What is going on here? Uh, the Jaguars are at home hosting the Tennessee Titans this week. They uh, The Titans are only favored by four. We'll talk about this game tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, give me all that Titans, who have their own issues and might have dropped a little bit in Williamson's power rankings from version one to version two here. That brings us to, Matt, number 30 on your list, which is the New York Jets, who dropped one spot from 29 in the preseason. Yeah, they're not a very good football team. I mean, they showed a little bit of signs of progress. They got a win. So, okay, you know, I'm open to the idea that they're improving. The one-win Jets, worse than the zero-win Detroit Lions, who were at 29. Yeah, that was a tough call. These bottom four, to me, are the bottom four. I mean, do you agree with that? Yes, there's no other way. Like You can argue about which order they belong in, probably. Right. I think Houston should be at 32. Roster-wise, Jacksonville is the best of the bunch, top to bottom, but they're a disaster from the top, uh, unfortunately, with, with what's going on with Urban Meyer there. The Jets, I, I like the direction they're going, but it's clear that they have a long way to go. But we could see progress as the year goes along, and I could see them absolutely finishing with more wins than the Lions, who just... They're they're fighting, you know, they're fighting for their new head coach. I like that in them, but they just don't have the roster to compete. And by the way, their best player, probably Frank Ragnow, going on IR today. Yeah, that's terrible news, too. I mean, that's their kind of bread and butter. You know, I mean, they have a good line and Swift and Hawkinson and not much else right now. So, um, yeah, yeah, so now that I think about it, the the way they I would put the Jets just one spot ahead of Detroit. But that's just that's quick. Fair enough. Yeah, I thought the Lions would battle the Bears a little tougher than they did, to be very honest. This was actually my hardest spot. I didn't know who to put 28. 28 the bottom you have, four were easy. This is this is odd. This is a, a big drop from 16 preseason now to 28 for you is the Miami Dolphins. I hate how they're playing. Their line's bad. Their quarterbacks are bad. Um, they're not getting the fumble luck and turnovers and special teams plays that they used to. Um, this is probably too harsh the more I think about it and looking at it a day later, but they're not good right now. I think they'll get back to mediocrity, and I'm not sure two is the man even to do that, but they're not in a good spot. 
watching them, you almost feel like middle of the road. 16, where you had them ranked preseason, might be their ceiling right now, even if things go great yeah. and you get Tua back. But I didn't think the drop from Tua to Brissett would be so bad. Brissett's missing some open guys. Um, there's just, you know, it's a dink and dunk offense, and the defense is is pretty good, but not a dynamic defense either. And yeah, especially, you're not like getting any extra bump there to be better than just mediocre. Although, head-to-head, ah, Atlanta, Chicago, New York Giants, I mean, they're all right in there, but yeah. Right. I, I, I don't feel super too. confident that Miami would beat any of those teams right now. No, exactly. I mean, last note really on them is, you know, you mentioned I didn't expect there to be such a drop from Tua to Brissett. Well, I'm not sure I expect there to be such a bump from Brissett to Tua when that day comes. That's yeah, a we'll good point. Yeah. Right that, <laughs> we'll you know? find that out. Um, and I kind of just spoiled who's coming up next here, but the Atlanta Falcons coming in at 27. Yeah, I mean, again, they're a little better than they were at the beginning of the year when they were horrific. I still think it's one of the worst defenses in the league. I don't trust Matt Ryan to hold up or play well, but he's probably coming off his best little stint here. Um, you know, again, these these couple teams right in this neighborhood are all real similar. We've got a 500 team here in the Chicago Bears, and the disrespect, I can feel it. They climbed from 27 <laughs> preseason. Matt Williamson didn't like him then, doesn't like him now. The Bears at 26. Uh, just one week ago, if I would have had him 32, nobody would have had a hard time, though. So let's not forget that that Browns game happened. Um, I will say I am very encouraged with Bill Lazor taking back the play calling and the way that they mm-hmm. handled fields. And I, I think things will go better, but it looks like they'll be without Montgomery for a month or so as well. So um, I, I think this is probably their low watermark and they're climbing back up. I put them a little bit higher, but uh, especially over this yeah. next team, the New York Giants, they did look better this week and, and there are they some did. signs there and, and they do have some talent but still a one in three team here um I, I just i'm lower on the giants i think than you are here but they're in that they're in that tier somewhere just above that bottom four teams i'd probably put the giants still at the bottom of that tier and i put chicago they at the top of the tier so yeah. that's that's where i would quibble that, with these rankings i hear you i, I mean uh, uh, that that portion of this was very difficult for me I kind of feel like if the Bears and Falcons and Giants all played a round-robin tournament, they might all end up being 500 when it's all said and done. They're they're not great, but they're signs of life. Here's a team, the Philadelphia Eagles. They started off preseason 25 for you, and I have a feeling they kind of would have gone, if you looked at their chart, they would have gone up and then back yeah, down yeah. and then kind of ended up right back in the same spot, climbing one from 25 to 24 here in October. Yeah, I mean, just look at the spreadsheet and going, well, a month ago I had them at 25, now I have them at 24. I nailed the Eagles. No, I didn't. You know, they've been very different since then. I mean, they're up and down, and you're 100% right. They do some really interesting things. Hurts is playing better than I expected. They do some head-scratching things. So, uh, And I don't think they're a particularly deep deep team. One of the biggest drops in your entire power rankings. This is a, this is an area where some teams dropped into the middle that you thought were going to be in the top half of the NFL this year, and your Pittsburgh Steelers are one of them, from 11 all the way down to number 23. I have no problems putting them this low. I thought about even going lower, but I do think that Eagles, Giants, Bears, Falcons, Dolphins tier isn't quite where they belong yet. But what if they get embarrassed by Denver and Ben still looks horrible? Well. I mean, you can't overcome bad quarterback play. There was a Ben injury that popped up. Is that a phantom injury? Is that for real? Could that keep him out? 
I've been projecting that he might get a hangnail at some point in the season, so it looks like a good way to kind of gracefully come off the field. Um, by all accounts, though, this is just – I'm not selling Ben short. I mean, he's had a million gajillion injuries, and everyone knows it, and he plays through them. One week ago, it was a peck. This week, it's a hip. I mean – I think he's an old man and a bunch of things hurt. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of things hurt you know, and he gets a shot like in the me, butt you know, on Sundays right. and miraculously he can play. Right, right. Would it benefit? Would they be better with Rudolph or Haskins? Probably not, but that's really not a feather in Ben's cap. It's more of a knock on those two. He can't move at all, but those guys aren't very mobile either. And both Haskins and Rudolph are real see-it-and-throw-it guys where it's the Big 12, James Washington comes open at Oklahoma State, then I'm going to let it fly. Or I'm at Ohio State, I'm well-protected. Three of my four-star receivers both bust open, and I'm going to let it fly. Well, they don't have that luxury, especially behind this line. So I wouldn't mind seeing it because I don't think either one of them are very good. And if it does show a noticeable improvement, I really think that would make Ben look bad, which unfortunately I think would be the case. What I'm hearing is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to clear $26 million in cap space and trade for Jimmy G. So we'll just put that out there right now. And, uh, I think there's a chance he's the next quarterback. <laughs> yeah, probably next year, though. Um, yeah. A stopgap type. Yeah, he, I think Jimmy's going to head to the stopgap era of his career very soon. Um, let's go to the Tennessee Titans. Another big faller on your list from 13 all the way down to 22. Titans versus Steelers was tough for me. I mean, just where the Titans are right now, maybe without their two receivers, just lost to the Jets. I mean, it's not a great look for Tennessee right now. Not a great look at all, but they've got the easiest path to the playoffs in their division, so 500 is going to get you there, so that's okay. Which brings us to this team, and I didn't know Colts or Titans, who's better right now? Oh. Who's the best team in the South? Oh. I, that's why I put them right next to each other. I, I think good. you just have to take the Titans. So, okay, yeah. you would have the Titans ahead of Indy. I would... I would definitely have the Titans ahead of Indy. Um, they have a better record. They've looked better more times. Right. They have won tougher games than the Colts. They've, um, I believe, in their quarterback more. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just everything's gone I, wrong. I'm not saying the Colts have turned things around, but I think the latest taste in your mouth of both these teams is why I put the Colts over them. I, I could see that. I could buy that. Yeah. And we'll find out a lot when they when they play each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the but, Colts are getting out of that tough stretch of their beginning of the season here soon too. Yeah, I just I, I, I one of my one of the most disappointing teams this year. And like the 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 Titans didn't have both of their number one receivers. Sure. And so uh, if they're going to be on the field, then definitely I'm taking the Titans over the Colts. Yeah, they did just lose to the Jets, though. I mean, that's a tough one. To and that's, yeah, the, yeah. You, <laughs> you drop on Matt Williamson's power rankings when you lose to the Jets. Yeah, you got to. I mean, that's probably the lowest they'll go all year, but that's hard. That's a tough one to swallow. The Pats in sell mode, uh, tank mode, it seems like right now. If they're getting rid of one of their better players for a long time and Stephon Gilmore have fallen from 12 to 20, thought they might rebound with Bill Belichick and uh, getting some players back from the COVID list from last year's disaster. And even last year's disaster, they were a 7-9 and nine team, but uh, this year's version might not win more games and probably won't win more games than the, the 2020 Pats. Yeah, they were a tough one to place too. I mean, they just played Brady and those guys really tough. That's kind of a, an outlier game, though, to me. 
Mac Jones is throwing the ball, I think, more than they want because they're not running it very well. They just have no explosive players. It's really tough, and it's hard to figure out what direction the front office is taking here. Got some questions about not adding explosive players but spending money on players in the offseason. Then the guy that maybe should help you get over a hump, you're going to get rid of him midseason. So definitely some questions about team building there for New England as of late. It's odd. It's really odd. The Washington football team, where's your tier break here? Washington, New England, are they in a similar tier? Is the tier break coming, looking ahead here a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think you could argue that New England could be a couple spots higher than this or is better than Washington right now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a huge reason why what's deciphering these teams. And just to sort of you know, fast forward just a little, I have Washington at 19 and the Saints at 18. And I think I said this and teased this yesterday. I have no idea where to put the Saints. They were my hardest one to rank without question. So I basically just threw them in the middle. I mean, like, they have some great wins. They have some terrible showings. Their offense never throws the ball, runs very few plays. Kamara's on pace to catch, like, 40 passes. Like, it's it's a bizarre team. I had no idea what to do with them. I don't have a problem with Washington, that, that order, 18, 19, 20, yeah. New Orleans, Washington, New England. I think New Orleans and Washington have a better opportunity to improve as the season goes along. It yes. doesn't look yes. that way necessarily with New England, except for that you have a young rookie quarterback, and maybe he could, you know, a rising tide raises yeah. all ships. That's the way I look at quarterbacks, and maybe that could make everybody a little bit better, but you're starting to get rid of someone like Stephon Gilmore, and it's just hard to see how New England's going to be a lot better at the end of the year necessarily, but I think Washington's defense could improve and I think New Orleans obviously week to week it seems like they can compete with just about anybody or they could lose to just about anybody yeah that's that's the whole thing with them is they might beat the number one team on this list one week and be like wow you know Sean Payton way to go defense way to go and then turn around and lose the Jets the next week I just think that's who they are 17 through number one in Matt Williamson's power rankings for week five next whether it's specialty flavors like the new marshmallowy puff built bars or the recently released cookie dough chunk or all of their original flavors, peanut butter being my favorite, cherry barcia has actually grown on me quite a bit as well as has mint brownie. I always like anything sweet that involves mint. Double chocolate, salted caramel, or coconut, whatever your flavor, there's something for everyone at Built. Dot com high in protein and low in sugar and all the good things you want in a snack and 15% cheaper because you are a listener to this podcast just use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com not sure what flavor you want to get a box of we'll get a mix box maybe you skipped lunch before or after a workout maybe you need a pick-me-up maybe uh, just a quick bite before the back nine instead of grabbing whatever sausage roll whatever stuff you're gonna eat while you're on the golf course actually give yourself some protein and some power through the back nine and not feel weighted down by a massive meal and then go beat your buddies out there on the golf course again that's 15 percent off promo code locked 15 at built.com such a fun month for sports with the NBA and NHL starting back up, Major League Baseball playoffs, and of course, NFL college football in full swing. And you can get in on all of that action at betonline.ag. And using promo code Locked On, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football, and you can even play your 
favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Locked on. That's promo code locked on at Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, Matt, number 17, you have the Minnesota Vikings. I, I would probably put minute. Actually, here we go. Let, let's put so 16 and 17, Cincinnati Bengals, Minnesota Vikings. I think that they belong kind of in that same category of I just don't know what to expect week to week, which is which means they're probably in the similar tier there with New Orleans, Washington, New England. You kind of just lump all those teams together. And, and right now, looking at the scoreboard, from the latest few weeks, and Cincinnati and Minnesota gets the bump over those other teams. Yeah, and Cincy beat Minnesota back in week one in overtime. I mean, I don't know how much weight that pulls, but I did when I was deciphering between those two teams. That's the frankly, tiebreaker, head-to-head, right? That was the tiebreaker, the head-to-head tiebreaker. Cincy at 16, I mean, they were preseason 28 for me. I bet that's probably the highest they go, but this has been a very successful year for them. Minnesota's kind of spinning in mediocrity, and I thought they were better than an 0-2 type of team, but then they didn't play well at all against the Browns. Another double-digit dropper in the San Francisco 49ers from the top five, number five in September to 15 in October, Matt. Uh, tell me how you're feeling you cool about with that? these 40. I, I have no problem with that. They, they don't belong yeah. in the upper echelon. I think... They can compete with a lot of teams. They could beat a team that I think is in the top five of your power rankings in the in the uh, Arizona Cardinals. They should be. If they're not, we'll get there. Um, yeah. They're playing them next week, and I wouldn't be surprised if these NFC West teams just keep bidding up on each other, and then the power rankings, you won't know what the hell to do if the 49ers are 3-2, and two, beat the Cardinals, but the Cardinals beat the Rams, and and the Rams beat the Bucks. It's like, how, how do you decipher these things? It gets very difficult, and I wouldn't be shocked at all, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lose either. So um, th- this team needs to figure something out, and there's definitely something missing from this 2021 49ers that doesn't give me a huge amount of confidence that they're because you're just not putting full games together, but you see them dominate for a quarter, then they're terrible for a quarter. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, and there, I definitely think there will be a lot of rock, paper, scissors in the in the NFC West for sure, like you mentioned, starting tomorrow night. That's going to be a fun one. I, I had the Niners a little lower than these next teams. The quarterback situation has to carry some weight here. I mean, it just, it's an unknown. Right, Jimmy's... Um... Not played amazing, but he plays a winning brand of complimentary football for the most part in Kyle Shanahan's offense. If you can run the ball a little bit and you play some good defense, team like the Denver Broncos playing similarly with Teddy Bridgewater, but then you got the injury to Jimmy G. So is he going to have a bad calf and then play injured, which will make him worse? Or do you have the rookie, which you have no idea what you're going to see? Maybe it looks spectacular sometimes. Maybe he misses receivers by 10 feet. We saw both of those last week, so you just don't know. So I I don't have a huge problem with someone like the Denver Broncos coming in at 14 here. And this is kind of assuming Teddy Bridgewater's the quarterback, but even so, they have a lot of injuries. They were pretty bad showing this past week. I mean, three and one, it's been a successful year, but I, I definitely don't think they're an upper echelon team. And I had no qualms putting these next couple ahead of them. Yeah, and it's tough with the Broncos because they had such an easy schedule for three weeks and then lost the tough game in week four. 
So you have yeah. to be skeptical about that 3-0 start a little bit, and they've got to prove you something. And now with Teddy B hurt a little bit, and then can they win with Drew Locke? A lot of questions there. Uh, then the Las Vegas Raiders at Williamson NFL, the noted <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders hater Matt Williamson has the Las Vegas Raiders at 13 overall in his power rankings, a 3-1 and one team. But, hey, they climbed from 26 to 13. So you like them a lot better now than you did last month. Yeah, Vegas fans, I mean, certainly tweet me. But I think this is fair. 13. I mean, these next couple teams coming up are pretty darn good. I have them over Denver. I have them over San Francisco. Cincinnati's also 3-1. and one. I mean, I have, the, I have Vegas ahead of them. I think that's a respectful, fair ranking. The Carolina Panthers coming in at number 12, yet another 3-1 and one team here. And uh, I, I think the resume for the Panthers versus the resume of the Raiders, I think some Raiders fans might be mad about it, but I'm with you. I like the Panthers more. I do too. I, I, I'm not exactly sure why. I, I do like their defense more, and, I, and Gruden's doing a really good job, so I'm not cutting on the Raiders coaching staff when you compare these, but I would – I am very bullish on the Panthers as an organization, and that's a tough call. Yeah. I mean, both these teams are much higher than my preseason ranks. I agree. I, I feel confident from uh, from the top all the way down with the Carolina Panthers, and they're playing great yeah. on defense. So, a fun team. We'll see how how that goes. And things aren't easy for teams like the Raiders and the Chargers and the Chiefs and everybody in the AFC West. But right now, the Raiders. You have them as the third team, only one spot ahead of the fourth team in the AFC West when they're ahead of the standings on some other teams. We'll see how high some of these other West teams are. Uh, you have an NFC West team here at 11 with the Seattle Seahawks. A little bit of inconsistencies this year, and they're running very few plays on offense. Um, again, Russell Wilson raises all ships, and they're going to always be competitive, but I think they have some holes. I, I think it would be fair for Raiders fans to say, hey, we should be ahead of the Seahawks. Better record, maybe better resume. Um, Seattle's looked pretty yeah. bad a couple weeks. Have more holes maybe than Las Vegas does top to bottom on the roster. My hunch is you would put Carolina over both. Yes. Yeah, I would just okay. I would okay. just slide Seattle right down below maybe the Raiders probably. A couple spots. But you know, okay. you're in the right vicinity. It's, it's not egregious. Okay. I think these top 10 would be the top 10 in anyone's power ranks, though. The Baltimore Ravens. I think there's a, I think there's a line after 10. Yeah. Uh, Ravens, here's the thing. Um, I actually have Green Bay at 10. I'm not sure if I sent you the absolute lo latest. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, you, you have Baltimore 9, Green Bay 10? Yes. Okay. I don't know. And I think I, I'm a little lower on both those teams than most pundits out there. Definitely lower on Green Bay. Baltimore, there's some questions there. Um and, but I, I think, think they belong there, and right I think now. they prove they belong in the top 10. They beat an unbeaten team in the in the Broncos, who are at 14 for you. So 10 is a good spot for them, or 9 is a good spot for them. I would I would actually, the way you have it here, I think I like it better. Green Bay, one spot ahead, 9, Baltimore, 10. But you have Baltimore, okay. 9, Green Bay, 10. I obviously was very wishy-washy about that and changed it like five times. So <laughs> they're basically 9.5 each. Um, I think Baltimore searching through some, some things right now and will probably get it worked out. Um, Green Bay to me is very good and Rodgers really raises all ships. I mean, he's the locomotive of that franchise, but Jari Alexander's hurt. Their line's not great. I mean, they have one real receiving weapon and one really good back and the West, rest of those guys are just okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I watched a lot of the Green Bay and studied them a lot this week because they played the Steelers and I was impressed, but I, I don't think they're an elite team. 
I'm quite a bit off from some of the top ones here. Cleveland, I think, is right about in the right spot at eight. And you had them at seven preseason. And again, a team that maybe climbed a little, dropped a little. Um, uh, Green Bay, Baltimore, Cleveland, I think that's a clear tier with these top 10 teams. And you could see any of them being in it right at the very end. But you have questions with some of these teams. And I think in the top seven, I have fewer questions. But I do disagree with your order in some of the top seven. Okay. Real quick on the Browns. Uh, their defense is turning into a juggernaut and one of the best in the league, even better than I expected. Mayfield really worries me. Uh, I mean, of all these quarterbacks in this neighborhood, really from Russell Wilson at 11 on up, Cleveland's quarterback situation to me is a distance, distant 11th of the of those 11 teams. And the quarterback situation is why I like the Chargers more than you. You have the Chargers at 7 Matt and in the the Locked On podcast network rankings, the Chargers were ten, and I okay. voted for the Chargers to be a top three team right now. That's where you I think they're it. a top three team. That's how much I like the Chargers. Wow, right now. Yeah. I thought uh, you were give me grief the other way. No, um, I, I like the Chargers a lot, and so I'll get to my top three when we get to the top here. But I okay. disagree with uh, with a lot of the rankings at the very top, um, and the Chargers being one of those. I, I'm just I'm really bullish on the Chargers. Love the defense, love the offense, love the coaching staff, love the quarterback. This is going to be fun in the AFC West. I think in the end it's going to be Chargers and Kansas City, even though there's two other three and one teams in that division. You're not getting much argument for me. I mean, didn't I pick? I picked the Chargers to win the West preseason. That was my big Ooh. shocker pick, wasn't it? When we talked about this, I think so. That I had yeah. them over Kansas City, so I'm sticking with that. Love the Chargers. I thought I was bullish at seven. I mean, I'm a big fan. I really have nothing negative to say. I think the coaching staff is a major shot in the arm. They're getting a lot out of this defense. Um, maybe they should be higher. I mean, I thought I was being bullish. Chargers-Browns this week is going to be a good one, by the way. That's going to be fun. Very good one. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at six. They've climbed from 15, a team that was sort of in that, I have no idea what to expect from the Dallas Cowboys to being like, okay, the Dallas Cowboys are here, and it would be a shock if they don't win the NFC East at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the defense is now officially good. It's not just okay and good enough to win with. I think it's a good defense. And the offense is exceptional and can play it any way you want. If we're going to run it down your throat and be the more physical team, or we're just going to let Dak throw for 400, I think they're a real contender. Dak is so good. So and good. so much talent around him. That's a, that's yep. a tough offense to stop right now. It is. And he's getting better. Oh, he gets he's more healthy, more rapidly. confident in his body, probably coming back from that nasty injury. Mm-hmm. Not only people realize how quickly, how much better. It's almost Josh Allen-like in steps he's taken forward every year. Yeah, he just gets better and better, mm-hmm. and it's cerebral. Like, uh, and Matt Rule last week talked about putting him in the Peyton Manning. Like, it, it's it's neck up where Dak Prescott yes. is really just like, wow, this guy's really good. He's always been that guy's built like a linebacker, you know, good arm and all that. But um, that's the last level of development for quarterbacks in the NFL. How good you're going to be is how good you are from the neck up, and and Dak has that going on as long as the as well as the physical tools. And even if yeah. so, that's the thing is when you age as a quarterback, your legs will start to fail you. And when that happens, do you have everything else? And Dak for sure does. Oh, without question. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, I always look at it like a graph. Like, your brain starts slow, and then it just goes up and to the right, up and to the right, where your athleticism starts real high and just goes down and to the right, down and to the right. Right. And wherever those two lines meet is probably the peak of that quarterback. And, like, Russell Wilson hit that to me, like, two years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, Dak's hitting it right now, where they're both probably upper tier 
and you know it, it goes a long way. And you've watched Ben Roethlisberger. It's hard to remember how athletic he was as a young player, right? Oh, for his day, yeah. I mean, he may not have ran a four four like Lamar or Kyler, but holy smokes! I mean, it, it, we don't need to get on Ben ta- tangents, but I've been around <laughs> him. Like Ben is a great golfer, a great basketball player. We played. I was in the Heinz Ward celebrity softball game. Ben came to the plate six times and hit six home runs. You know, like, he's just <laughs> that guy. He's that yeah. guy. Uh, speaking of athletes, how about Kyler Murray and those Arizona Cardinals at number five, Matt? You have them higher, right? I you voted them talking about in, this yesterday. in my Locked On Podcast Network ballot. I ranked the only unbeaten NFL team who just beat the last number one ranked team, Los Angeles Rams, Arizona Cardinals. I ranked them number one. And I can see that because I'm sure people have figured out in whatever order who the top four are. And they all came in the league highly touted. They were all in my top six in the preseason. They're all the favorites. And they've all won a lot lately. And that was my that was my one hurdle was is Arizona truly a winner, a winner, you know, like a beat the teams they should every week you know, hang with the big boys. They've absolutely proven this year that that's true, but I had to put them behind in whatever order, Chiefs, Tampa, Rams, Buffalo. I just think those guys are a little further along. I sort of went with the scoreboard method with my rankings and seeing that the the Cardinals had beaten the Rams and they've obviously Mm -hmm. handled everybody else. They beat the Vikings, they beat the Titans. Uh, maybe not the best resume in the first three weeks, but big and like in on the road at Los Angeles and beat them by a lot. So that was an impressive win. One of the more impressive wins of the season so far was the Cardinals in week four. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And I don't know if they'll hold the top spot for me, but I think resume wise snapshot before week five, they deserve it. We, we got to hurry up here, but um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for you, number four, it's a fair spot for them. It's, it's the spot I had them in as well. Yeah, and, and their corner situation is a little worrisome. The Rams are three, but this is where you get in the weeds. Like, hey, Williamson, Arizona just beat the Rams, and the Rams just beat Tampa. Shouldn't it go Arizona three, Rams four, Tampa five? And the answer is probably yes. yes. You know, yeah, that's all recent yes. history. Yeah. But I, I trust Brady and Arians and McVay and Stafford more than Kyler and – Kingsbury right now, I guess Actually, is what it comes yeah. down to. Now that you mention it, I did have them ranked, as you just put it, I had uh, Arizona 1, then I had Rams 4, Tampa 5, and I had okay. the Chargers 3. So my 2 is your 1, and your 2 was not in my top 5. You I'd say got, you must be low on the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs right now are 2-2. Two and two? Their resume does yeah. not say they're the second best team, and you have them ranked 2 Originally in September, you still have them ranked two. I think they they have to drop from what we've seen. They lost to the Chargers. Uh, they've got some holes on the defensive side of the ball. They're a good team. I expect them to be in it until the end. But I think snapshot-wise right now, I feel like you're just projecting still a little bit with the Chiefs at two. Because they're a good team, and I think they will be there. Right now, they don't deserve it. I think they're at six. Yeah, I so. mean, I think you can make an argument for several teams as the best team in the league. Frankly, I think the Chiefs still have the league's best offense, probably the worst defense right now. I mean, worst, 32. But here's my question to you, and I'm not giving you a hard time. What's the line this week, Chiefs at Arizona? Cardinals by one. 
Oh, I don't think so. Which means which means it's Chiefs by two in, on a neutral, in neutral field. I hear you. I'm taking KC with that number. If you're going to give me points anywhere with the Chiefs, I think I'm taking the Chiefs. They're still the Chiefs. We're still learning a lot, but just, on the, just based head, but. on the evidence I have, we need more head-to-heads, but based on the evidence I have with teams who have beat teams, I just don't think the, the, the Chiefs deserve it right now. I I get it. They're they're not playing great. The defense stinks. And frankly, now they're we got one versus two this week, the more I think about it. Uh, Buffalo's my one. Yeah, Buffalo's your one. Buffalo was my two. I went with the unbeaten in Arizona as my number one, but Buffalo um uh, impress but they beat the he's like this is one versus thirty two last week. So they beat them forty <laughs> right. to zero, but it's still right. best versus worst, right? So it shouldn't be that shocking that they dominated them. Yeah. There's not many times in power ranking history where you get one versus thirty two. But that looked like one versus yeah. 32. <laughs> that absolutely did look like one <laughs> versus 32. Um, and, wow, you're right. In prime time, Sunday night football, the Chiefs are hosting the Bills. And here's the thing. So you're number. Ch- what's the spread in that game, I wonder? Ch- KC's got to be favored. KC's favored at home by two and a half. Yeah. So they're saying they're equal teams, basically. Pretty much, yeah. And okay. if the Chiefs are two and three and lose to the Bills... Like, what does right. that do to the resume, even though they lost to the number one team? You know, so that's that's going to be tough next week if the Chiefs do lose this game and they're two and three. And if it's really a close game, because it kind of solidifies what the rankings are, but they're, you know, below 500 team. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Chiefs will end up in the playoffs. when it's all said and done. But if they lose the Bills, tiebreakers versus the Chargers, the Bills and the AFC, I mm-hmm. mean, like. That's it's that's hard things to overcome. And down multiple games after five weeks to everybody right. in the West. Yeah. Interesting. Potentially. Anyway. Okay. That's fun stuff. That is Matt Vegas Williams. still thinks Kansas City's pretty decent, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're a good team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a big win here this week. And that shakes things up a lot, too, with Buffalo having two losses and Kansas City having two losses. And could yeah. they still be one and two, even though they're good on good? You know, it's almost like if it's a close game. The two best teams, you can't knock them, but their records won't be great, right? You know, worthy of being number one or two in the power rankings. So this is gonna be a lot of fun. This is a fun week coming up, week five in the NFL. Back with you tomorrow to start breaking down those games, previews, making picks for week five. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.